when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Harris, they don't talk. Is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired, and the next week you're going to take another job, and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big quarantine Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, just hanging on here, Shane, and once again, what, I don't even know what damn week we're into this damn, are we in week three of quarantine? Just nothing much going in on my end. How about you, buddy? You ever seen, do you see that meme floating around? There's seven Spider-Men, they're all pointing at each other, and one's got like Monday, <laughs> one's got Sunday, you don't, you don't even know what day it is, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it feels like. I'm trying to get back to a little bit of routine, man, you know, you know, brush your teeth, take a shower, you know, the essentials. And I think <laughs> doing that kind of gets you, gets your mind right a little bit. I can't, I can't imagine the people that have to work at home, what they have to go through. That, that, that seems like a, you know, it seems fun at first, but after a while, you know, it's not, it's not near as fun. You know what I'm saying? And, and my wife, she's in here. She's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to do a podcast. And she says, she says, what are you going to talk about? You know, they can't talk about sports. We haven't had them. It's like, oh, Mike always has something to talk about. So what are we talking about today, buddy? Absolutely. So if you missed our last podcast, definitely recommend you go back and do that. Uh, Shane and I had an all-time SEC fantasy draft. That was a lot of fun. But that was the idea we had earlier in the week. And now we got a new one. And look, sh- look. Before we go too far, Mike, uh-huh. uh, you know, we did ask who – did you think would win this? And there was a lot of Shanes, Mike. I, I'm not counting them, but it was 85% Shane. So, well, I take uh, issue. I still take issue with that because okay, I looking at your list is damn impressive. But yeah, I tend to think that, and this is not your fault because I think it, all the people saying that are doing the same thing. I think your team skews towards guys that obviously went on to the NFL and had great careers. So people are yeah. looking at them through those lens. Uh, like, for example, your receiving core, which for anybody who missed it, you had Julio Jones, Alshon Jeffrey, and Jamar Chase was your third wide receiver. So there's certainly nothing wrong with any of those guys. But then if you look at my team, so I had Percy Harvin. I which had, couldn't stay healthy. In, but see that, again, you're going to the NFL. Yeah. I'm going. This is a college, no, I, all I mean, SEC I'm, draft. 
I got that you. guy was the best player on a national championship team. He was the missing piece the year Florida didn't win it. Tim Tebow's senior season. Uh, I had Josh Reed, who was just kind of a do-everything type player. And, an- and another big issue that I had with your team against my team, in my opinion, you got Peyton Manning. And as the college game has you know, morphed in recent years, mm-hmm. we've seen the value of a dual-threat quarterback. So every time your team's taken the field, I know you got Darren McFadden, number one overall player in our draft, potentially the most dominant guy, but Still, you're going 10 on 11 when your team takes the field because of how immobile Peyton Manning is. While I got Clowney, Pollock, Derek Barnett coming at him, I think mm-hmm. that's a huge uh, you know, advantage to my side. But, yeah, so let us know what you think. We've had quite a few responses. Like I said, they, a lot of them, like you said, Shane, they're, they're favoring <laughs> Team Shane. But I think if you go up and down that list, just in my opinion, it's a lot of guys on that list that were – probably a little bit better in the NFL than they were in college football. And I think that's what people are kind of looking at. Well, and not to totally disagree with you, but I am just a little bit because, you know, top to bottom, these every single person we picked is amazing, is a, is a freak athlete, has played in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I think that's why you don't have to have that mobility at the next level because – you know, usually there's mismatches. There's, you know, I, I think that I think when the when the when the talent gets that close together that you can't really just say, OK, Clowney's going to pin his ears back. Pollock's going to, you know, he's, he's going to be back there on Peyton Manning. Well, you got Michael Orr blocking. You got you know, what I'm saying you still got some talent up front that can slow those guys down and have been able to on Sunday. So I know we don't want to talk about the NFL, but. Each one of these guys did play at the next level. So to say Peyton Manning's not going to have any time, maybe, you know, but maybe he doesn't need it when you have receivers like Julio Jones and uh, Jamar Chase and, you know, tied in like Aaron Hernandez. You know, you've got plenty of outlets. And and Peyton Manning, one thing that he was really good at was game managing and putting the guys in the right spot. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I Again, we're, we're talking about something that will never happen. We'll never get to see these guys play against each other. And, uh, but I kind of, I kind of see what you're saying. Um, that's why I kind of wanted to go with Cam Newton there for a moment, but I just thought with those weapons, who better than Peyton Manning to sit back there and pick, pick a defense apart. The biggest critique of the list, Shane, I got to ask you, because this, this was asked of us about 50,000 times. (laughs) How come you didn't draft Reggie White? We said it on the show. We said it (laughs) on Twitter, yet people did not get the message. Why didn't Reggie White make any of our teams here? Because we did not watch him play college ball. I, I mean, he played in the 80s. And you know what I'm saying? Right. We did not really start. I mean, I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm born 82. You know, it was it was in the 90s before I really – and it was probably, if, as I'm being honest, it was late, mid to late 90s before I was really paying attention to what's going on in college ball. So it's not to say that Reggie White wasn't a phenomenal athlete. It wasn't to say that Bo Jackson or Herschel Walker or – Derek Thomas, none of these guys were just absolute studs because they were. It's just you and I did not watch them, you know. So that's not what we wanted to create this list from. We wanted to create it from athletes that we actually watched play on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And if if you have missed it, Saturday Down South did do a post on our rosters here. So that's out if you want to check that out. You kind of debate it on the website where I work. But enough about all that, Shane, because – 
Despite what your wife thinks, I do have a show topic here, and I think it's pretty good. We're going to be able to hit on all 14 teams, Shane. So you ready to go around the league? Let's do it. Now let's go around the league. My my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. At Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey, go! Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, Shane. So, courtesy of the online sportsbook, Bet Online, they have released odds not to win the national championship, but to make the college football playoffs. So, all you got to do is be in the final four. If you bet on one of these teams and they make that final four, you cash that ticket. Now, unfortunately, they didn't do the entire SEC, but that's not going to stop us from hitting on all these teams, Shane. So I thought it would be kind of cool. You know, we'll get to the teams at the top of the list. Those are the ones that actually do have odds. But Mm -hmm. based on the odds they've given out, I've assigned odds for the rest of the SEC. So let's talk about each of these teams, the odds I give them to reach the college football playoff. And then just, you know, let's briefly talk. I know I'm not saying, you know, all 14 teams in the SEC are going to be in college football playoff contention. That's ridiculous. But you just never know. I mean, the dream scenario could come true. How does Mm -hmm. that happen? How could a team like this advance to the college football playoff? No one, certainly no one outside of Baton Rouge had LSU winning the national championship at this time last year. So it can happen. So let's start. At the bottom of our list, Shane, here, and I'm going with uh, Vanderbilt. Take it down. Now, keep in mind, this is to make the college football, not win the college football playoff, but just to advance to it. I'm going Vanderbilt 100, and, 100 to 1 odds to make the college football playoff. And what do you think about that, Shane? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, what's – What's it, what is the bottom number here? You know, it's not it's not saying that Vanderbilt has absolutely zero percent chance of making it, but it would be hard for me to say that they've got two percent chance of making it just because not only they got a tough schedule, but this just doesn't feel like the year that Vanderbilt can sneak up on some of the teams like they have in the past. You know what I'm saying? Right. The the way that it could happen potentially. You know, remember earlier in the offseason we discussed uh, there was that uh, really good article by Bill Connolly of uh, ESPN where he rated, you know, the percentage of your offense coming back, your defense, and your overall team. Vanderbilt led the way in the SEC, and they were led the way completely on defense. It was something insane, like 90% of their defense comes back. Now, their defense was really bad last year, so that's not necessarily a great thing. But they did play a lot of younger players, so all those guys are basically going to have to take that next step. Derek Mason's going to have to recapture some of that magic he had as a defensive coordinator before coming to Vanderbilt. And then 
they're just going to need one of these mystery quarterbacks to emerge and be an elite player. That's the only way I see it happening. One other thing to factor in Vanderbilt's favor, I mean, they've got a really easy non-conference schedule. Mercer. Yeah. They do go to Kansas State. That's not going to be a layup by any means, but Colorado State at home. And then final non-conference game, Louisiana Tech. So, I mean, you're talking four winnable games. It should be for an SEC program. And then uh, that's going to be tough when they get the SEC. (laughs) (laughs) But at least the first SEC game is Missouri, who's just fired their coach. So if you can get some momentum in SEC play, I don't know. That's how you start to trend in that direction. You know, on a side note, and I know we're talking about playoffs, uh, the teams that Vanderbilt has to win, you know, if they're going to make a, a, a just a bowl game, Mike, it, it, the schedule does kind of work out in their favor as far as home and away. You know, you got Ole Miss uh, coming home. You've got uh, South Carolina. Uh, Florida, I don't really consider that a close one, but Vanderbilt uh, against uh, LA, uh, Louisiana Tech and, of course, Tennessee. Vanderbilt's at home so again where I know we're talking playoffs but if if these guys are going to make a little noise in the east I think the schedule kind of does does line up it's not like Vanderbilt has a home field advantage Mm -hmm. but you know you'd rather be playing there than you would be in South Carolina you know yeah and the toughest one you mentioned there that Florida game is in November so maybe you get you know, like a rare Nashville blizzard in November. <laughs> them, them Gators can't play in the snow. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely. There you go. Now, There's your opportunity if, right I there. I will say this: if they, if Vanderbilt does find the cure for this coronavirus, I think they should automatically get a bid to the national championship. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> absolutely. So maybe that's the the winning ticket. All right, next on my list here, Shane, I've got Arkansas. Woo pig! 80-1 to to make the college football playoff. So again, those, these are hypothetical odds that I'm setting. And, you know, I got a lot of faith in the coaching staff they got there. Oh, and I should mention this. I did want to hit on this while we're talking about Arkansas, Shane. Matt Jones of Whole Hog Sports uh, reports, I guess Sam Pittman was at some kind of function or whatever. This is before all this uh, – coronavirus stuff popped up but mm-hmm. Sam Pittman says that uh, a rival SEC program tried to hire Barry Odom away I don't even know how you could have done that because they just hired Barry Odom but I think he was talking about LSU because you got to mm. think you know Dave Aranda obviously not there so they needed a replacement he did not give out the name of the school but he did say offensive line coach Brad Davis a guy I'm really high on he was Missouri's offensive line coach He was the very first hire Sam Pittman made when he landed the Arkansas job. He said Texas A&M tried to steal Brad Davis away, so they had to give both those guys raises, which Mm -hmm. kind of loyalty raises. But I think that goes to show how good of a coaching staff Sam Pittman has hired that the SEC programs are already trying to poach him. They haven't even coached a damn game yet. So Mm -hmm. let's put that out there. I mean, they've got a terrific staff coming in here. But I do have them so low. We've hit on this already. No spring football. I think the Razorbacks, that's the team in the SEC. That's going to potentially hurt the most. Now, hopefully there's some kind of spring or, excuse me, summer camp that they can make some of that up. But that's just mm-hmm. a hypothetical at this point. So that's why I got it at 80-1. to 1. Now, how does Arkansas get there? It's obviously going to be tough. But I think it starts by winning that game week two at Notre Dame. You get that done. And I think 
you know, they're not going to be in the playoff discussion at that point, but you got to figure if they can go on the road and beat Notre Dame, they can do the following the next week, play Mississippi at Mississippi State. You win that game, you just got a ton, ton of momentum going into that mm-hmm. tech, Texas A&M the next week. You do get LSU and Alabama at home, Tennessee mm-hmm. at home, at Auburn. I mean, November, their November schedule is pretty damn easy. So, yeah, it's, there's all kinds of landmines in the middle of this damn schedule. But <laughs> if you can get some momentum going early, that's – and I should say this, you know, we've seen uh, the offensive coordinator, Bryles, he's worked magic before with these quarterbacks where he just comes in and immediately these guys are incredible – whether that's K.J. Jefferson, whether that's Felipe Franks, they're going to need whoever that quarterback is to be, you know, lights out year one. And based on Bryles' history, I certainly think that's a possibility. Yeah, and I, I think you're right, man. Uh, momentum was the first thing I thought of when I saw Arkansas' schedule. It's like you got to win the Notre Dame game. You know, if you can go to Starkville and and pull away a victory there, start out the season three and zero, you've got the momentum. And what a lot of people forget about though is Texas A and M game is actually going to be held over at Jerry's World. You know, mm-hmm. so you know here you've got this. If you can pick up that momentum going into, I mean, the gauntlet right here. You got Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Auburn. You know that that would be tough, but. It's a lot easier when you've got no losses. You know what I'm saying? When you're playing with nothing to lose. So uh, that's that's what Arkansas has got. They can't they can't stumble out of the gate like they did last year. We've got to have a quarterback. We've got to we've got to know what kind of offense we're running quickly. And uh, they do that. They establish a good defense. I you know Odom. I think he'll put these boys in the right spot, and I think they'll be okay. But it's all about. I hate to say it, man. It's all about week two. It's that Notre Dame game, man. That's mm-hmm. the one I got circled. They got to get past them if they if they plan on making this to the next level. What's their odds? 80 to 1. 80 to 1? Okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. I like it. I, I'd probably put a little bit on that. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I mean, again, it's a tall glass of water, but I, I just like how that schedule does line up. And if you're going to put a little money on a long odd, you know, who knows? Why not an Arkansas team? You don't know exactly what's going to be coming out of the gates. Absolutely, Shane. All right, next on the list, Missouri. M-I-Z! That's where I've got. Now, keep in mind, again, these are hypothetical odds. I'll let you guys know when we get to the actual bet online odds, but they don't have one for any of these teams I'm referencing. Missouri, 70-1. to 1. That's where I list that number. And a lot of that has to do with, unfortunately, again, First-year coach, just opened spring camp. I believe they got two spring games or, excuse me, mm-hmm. sp- spring practices under their belt before everything got shut down. And we had a uh, coach come out and say, you know, every job's open, everything's available. We don't even know what we got. So now you're going into the summer potentially not knowing what you got. This is just going to be a tough road to hoe. You know, thankfully they're bringing back some – members of the defensive coaching staff because the defense was not really the issue there at Missouri last year. It was the offense that the wagon, you know, the wheels fell off the wagon there, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Now, how can Missouri make this, you know, trip to the college football playoff unprecedented journey? You know, I think you're looking right there at the head coach where, you know, he's probably one of the biggest question marks heading into the SEC season. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because, we don't know mm-hmm. what this guy's got. I mean, hell, he's went 12-1 and one last year. He's only years a head coach. I mean, he could be, I've said this before, 
And I, I like to compare him to Gus Malzahn because he worked for him, runs not the same offense, but you know he grew up in that Gus Malzahn tree before uh, venturing out on his own and kind of morphing the, the offense a little bit. But when Gus came in, I mean, that was his motto. He was this hotshot offensive coordinator. First year, I mean, lights out there at Auburn. Maybe they can recapture that same that same magic here at Missouri because while you could say Drinkwitz is a question mark at the same time, none of these teams got tape on what he's going to do in the SEC. So mm-hmm. he Missouri could really be at an advantage here, and their schedule is pretty – that was pretty Easy. tough. Pretty tough outside of uh, – I'm looking you at – You think so? Well, I'm looking at SEC West because they got to go yeah. – um, no, I'm sorry. No. I'm, I'm looking at uh, – the the game at Florida that's going to be the one that's really tough but you know outside of that Georgia at Tennessee those are the major roadblocks there if they can get two wins there you know I think there's an outstanding chance they they head to Atlanta yeah well I think that's where I mean if we're talking about making the playoffs Missouri has to have that mindset that there's two teams that they have to beat and that's Florida and that's Georgia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got Georgia is going to be at home. You're going to have them at home. Florida, you're going to be away. That's going to be the tough one. You know, we're talking about a Cinderella season here. But you can do it, man. Uh, it's It may not be flashy, you know. I think what Missouri would have to do to, to make that run is their defense can't fall back. They've got to improve on their defense that they had last year. And I think they've got to simplify the offense. And it's going to be boring, but I think we need to see kind of like that Kentucky play last year, just four or five, just, you know, get everything you can out of the ground. And that's one thing that Drink has been able to do is uh, establish a running game. So um, I think if you're going to make a push, you know, you're going to have to do it. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be boring. But if you could keep the chains moving, keep the offenses off the field, you may surprise a few teams. Yeah, you know, one thing about Missouri, too, it's it's really weird because, you know, obviously there's so many people outside of uh, Columbia, Missouri, who, you know, they get pissed off, like, why in the hell is this team in the SEC and all this? I think mm-hmm. they, they always take that chip on their shoulder, in particular, into these SEC games because it seems like they play Georgia and Florida tougher than any of the other East teams on an annual basis. I mean, hell, they, they've waxed Florida before. They've, yeah. they've hung with some elite Georgia teams. So if they can carry that over to this new coaching staff, I mean, there's there's a real opportunity to make some noise there. Absolutely, man. I mean, Missouri, I mean, you remember when they first got over, it was a, a very scary team because you just, I don't know, just felt like you didn't watch enough of it. Maybe there's just not a, much game film. Maybe that's because I'm a huge fan of the East growing up. You know, I just didn't pay attention that much. Mm-hmm. But – Hell, there was plenty of times I wish I did because Missouri was hanging 40, 50 <laughs> points on us. You know what I'm saying? It's just you can never sleep on that team. And one thing about this squad, they're not going to have the sanctions hanging over their head. You know, they, they, they're they actually playing for something, so they're dangerous, man. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think this coach wants to prove, you know, everybody's talking about the, the Pirate and, you know, Lane Kiffin. Nobody's talking about old drink up there. So I just think that – that's what they got to do. They got to come out. They got to punch a few teams in the mouth. All right. So how about this one, Shane? Ole Miss. Hotty Ole Miss. And this may surprise you. I got them fifty-five to one to make the college football playoff, and a lot of that has to do with 
the roster that Lane Kiffin is inheriting, I think it's full of young talent, particularly, you know, I've kind of gone on and on about what I think of John Rice Plumley now getting coached by Lane Kiffin. If he can take that next step, you know, think of some of the best players in SEC history or just college football. I mean, it, like I'm thinking Johnny Manziel. I'm thinking Jameis Winston. I'm thinking mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota. These are quarterbacks that weren't asked to play it right away. They had to redshirt, and it was their second year where they really took that big leap forward. You could even say Joe Burrow, second year at LSU, took that big step forward. I think John Rice Plumley, if he takes that big step forward next year, becomes a dominant, dominant quarterback in the SEC. That seems to be the big storyline in the offseason this year. It's just, you know, where's the star power at quarterback? I think mm-hmm. it I think a one of the players that could step up and become that dominant player is is John Rice Plumley. You're looking at the schedule. Yes, they do gotta go to LSU, to Texas A and M, but hell the rest of the SEC West outside of Arkansas, they get at home and you gotta feel like they got a good chance there against the Razorbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. non-conference, very winnable. They, they open against Baylor at a neutral field, but again, Baylor's under a new coaching staff, uh, head, headlined by a first-time head coach, Dave Aranda. And I just think uh, if there's one spoiler here, everyone's hyping up the SEC West, and for good reason, but if there's one team that is going to make some noise, cause some chaos here, and surprise a ton of people, I think it's going to be Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, well, you think about it, yeah, when Lane Kiffin had that Tennessee team and went down there and, and gave Alabama a run for their money, you know what I'm saying? Came down to a block field goal from, oh, uh, God, I still remember Cody running across. I don't think he ran after that. You know, that may have been his last, <laughs> last time he ever ran. That's all, And that's all. That's okay. But what I'm saying is I, I think it comes down to coaching. Uh, Ole Miss, they've got a good one. they got a great X and O coach, Lane Kiffin. Uh, he's going to put these guys in the right spot. He's going to find the best quarterback. He's going to make it work. You know, I, I think the key, too, though, is is the defense, you know. I, I mean, we talked about McIntyre and what he was able to do with this uh, defense last year. If they can improve – going into this season, and then you've got Lane's experience on the offense side of the ball. I mean, they could be dangerous. They could surprise a lot of teams, and I, th- I think that's what it's going to come down is just Kiffin getting these boys in the right spot because he does have some dynamic weapons down there. Mm-hmm. All right, next on my list here, Shane. South Carolina Gamecocks, 50-1. to That's where I've got them, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, yes, you know, we've already seen some Gamecock fans that are ready to move on already from Ryan mm-hmm. Helminski. That's kind of crazy given the fact that, you know, he was real banged up last year. And this time last year, they were all calling for him to, to get his shot. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. And that, this was, uh, I think he was rated like number four in the nation overall quarterback, you know, high school All American. But just so many factors went against him. Now he's got Coach Bobo, Mike Bobo elite developer of quarterbacks at the college level. And I think we started to finally see that Will Muschamp's defense factor, you know, it hadn't really been there in my opinion at South Carolina. I was waiting for that to happen. I think it finally showed up last year, but unfortunately the offense was so damn bad. I don't think most people noticed. So (laughs) if they can get that offense going, if that defense can continue its momentum, uh, that's, I think that's, that's an avenue for South Carolina 
to get to the college football playoff. And hell, they may even be in the running here, Shane, going into November. Then they somehow they just got to get over to Georgia <laughs> at LSU and at Clemson. And uh, they may be out of it after that. But hell, at, at least at least they may be in the running at that point. Yeah. And I think, you know, South Carolina, very tough schedule. But they've got, I mean, they do have some serious talent, man. You know, a lot of them are really young. But I think that's what South Carolina is going to have to have to make a run for the playoffs. They have got to have some of that young talent perform early. You know, we, we of course, you know, we've talked about the running back, but I think Holinsky is the is the big one. Mm-hmm. You know, if he does take that step forward, shows everybody why he's the best quarter, one of the best quarterbacks in the in the country. I think that's what that's what South Carolina needs, man. And I hate to I hate to say that it's hanging on one player, but this feels like that situation is it's it's going to come down to quarterback play for South Carolina. And if it if it does like it did last year. They're not going to do it. But if Helensky does take the step forward, maybe some of those receivers emerge. Maybe Marshawn's legit. He's getting some play out of the backfield. If the offense becomes a, a serious weapon and, you know, and, and Muschamp has been known to put some great defenses out there, you know, he's going to have to do that. He's going to have to to get these guys to neutralize games. This is a team that did beat George last year, you know, so they have that big game capability so that's what they got to do but they've got to play from a to z perfect man they cannot they got to play flawless ball and that's something they were just not able to get done last year so again i think it just out of all the teams this is the one i do i do think comes down to quarterback play yeah and you obviously mentioned that win at georgia too is on the road at georgia but yeah a lot of south carolina fans will tell you you know if not for Potentially some questionable calls. I believe the weather was crazy. Uh, they played Florida really tough yeah. as well. So, I mean, this is a team that I know the record was poor last year, but I don't really think they're as far off as some people may think. No. All right, next on my list here, Shane, Mississippi State. 45-1. to 1. The reason I've got them so much higher than a lot of these first-year coaches, not necessarily that I think they're going to be that much better, but I think it's just that Mike Leach factor. Everybody knows the Pirates down there in Starfield. They're all fascinated to see what he's going to do <laughs> down there. They land this hot shot transfer quarterback. I think that builds it up to and uh, some Mississippi State news. I believe the first person to report this was uh, David Murray of uh, 24-7 Sports. But it sounds like it's not yet official, but he's reporting it. And I'm seeing other people report it as well, Shane. The the season opener against New Mexico in Starkville, that's going to be bumped up to Thursday. So we're going to have mm-hmm. the Pirate on Thursday night football <laughs> to open the 2020 season. I can't wait for that. But I think all those factors, you know, look at it this way, Shane. I mean, this air raid type offense has taken over the NFL. We just saw the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl with it. Uh, There's several teams in the NFL, like the Arizona Cardinals, that are running this style now. This is the future of football. This is Mm -hmm. going to be the only team in the SEC running it. I don't know if the defenses are going to be able to handle it once Mike Leach gets this thing rolling. I'm not convinced it's going to be year one, particularly when you look at the schedule here at Alabama, at LSU, my goodness. But if somehow, some way they can get it rolling here first year with K.J. Costello, that's the avenue for Mississippi State to make that college football playoff run. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, 
it took a little it took a while for people to catch on with LSU. And in fact, you could argue they never did. You know, and I think that's the kind of that's that's what Mississippi State has to do. And I think this uh this spring practice or lack thereof really hurts that team because he's not going to be able to implement that offense, you know, like he wanted to and hit the ground running. So, uh, but, you know, they got one of the best running backs in the league coming back. And a lot of people forget that. They want to talk about the Pirate and the offense, but I still think Hill's going to have a huge part of this team. And, um, you know, maybe not moving forward, but, you know, the Pirate's not dumb either. He's not. He knows probably he can't change everything overnight. You may see it change during the season. And I, th- I think that's the X factor, man, is, is just the fact that we, we really don't know what we're going to get with the Pirate. And that could catch a lot of these teams uh, off guard because he does a fantastic job of putting people in bad positions, you know, and, and striking when, you know, like when Minshew was on, you know, he was talking about it was a game of numbers. If I've got four guys over here and he's got three, I'm going that way. He simplifies the off- offense, but he also catches the defense off guard. And these guys are, they're not going to be prepared, especially right out of the gate. So if, uh, if Mississippi state's going to make a run, I think it's uh, I think kind of similar to uh, Ole Miss. I think it's going to come down to coaching, man, and just the pirate just playing good, fundamental, strategic ball, man. Yeah, and who's to say that uh, you know they don't use Kylan Hill similar to how LSU used uh, the Clydesdale Clyde Edwards Alaire last year? Yeah. You, you know, with all this time off, Mike Leach is going to be studying that LSU playbook. He's never oh, had. Yeah. Never had a running back of the caliber of Kylan Hill. So we don't really know how he's going to intend to use him. And, mm-hmm. you know, Kylan Hill could have went pro. He didn't. Yeah. You know, he came back for a reason. He wants to improve his stock. And maybe Mike Leach comes up with some damn creative ways to use him. And, <laughs> uh, you know, we're all thinking he's going to throw it 90 times a game. Maybe, I'm not saying he's not going to throw it a lot, but maybe they factor him into the passing game. And, you know, once they get – those defensive backs on their heels, that's when they use Kylan Hill, just like LSU did with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So uh, that that's a big wild card, too, in this whole equation. Seriously. And, and another thing to think about is just kind of momentum. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's going to be so many damn people excited about the Pirate being down there. You know, I, they have a real shot to be in what four and O when they're playing Texas A&M five and O when they're playing Bama, mm-hmm. you know, so they, their schedule does ramp up real quick, but man, there's going to be a lot of momentum. The fans, I mean, it's going to be sold out. The cowbells are going to be going crazy. So, uh, I, I think there's an added advantage. It sucks that, you know, they got to go to Bama. They've got to go to LSU, but you know, if, if they're going to do it, they, they got to start out of the gate strong. All right, next team on the list, Shane, and this is the final team that did not have odds to make the college football playoff, according to Bet Online. So this is the last hypothetical one. Kentucky Wildcats. I'm putting it at 25 to one to make the college football playoff, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact they're going to have a healthy Terry Wilson. They're likely going to have. Joey Gatewood, as long as he gets his immediate eligibility. And now you're talking a team that found a way 
to win games in the SEC without even having a damn quarterback, now mm-hmm. having a deep rotation of quarterbacks that can do some of the similar things that Lynn Bowden did. Obviously, not his caliber of playmaker, but a significantly better thrower, which is going to mm-hmm. open the offense up just that much more. And if we start seeing some of these you know, deep, talented defensive players coming on, coming into their own. We start to see that defense we saw at Kentucky two years ago. You know, we're already hearing so much about this transfer corner from LSU, Kelvin Joseph. He becomes a lockdown corner. I think that's Kentucky's path back. And it wasn't that long ago they were knocking at the door of just this very damn thing. They got Georgia mm-hmm. at home that season too, lost that game. They get Georgia at home once again this year. They've won at Florida before. They're not going to be intimidated to go into the swamp. I don't think they're going to be intimidated to play Georgia, but that's the path for Kentucky to get to the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean, make the playoff. You Being Kentucky, you've got to win Auburn. you got to win Florida, and you got to win Alabama, or, uh, Georgia. And the, the benefit is playing Florida so early. You know, I, I think that helps Kentucky so much because it just seems like Stoops has always got his boys prepared, you know, and you're going to have to get a, a Florida team similar to last year that kind of struggled out of the gate. You know, it took a little while to find their identity and get going. If you could do that and start off with a victory against the Florida Gators, then the world's your oyster, man. Two weeks later, you're playing Auburn. You know, by the start of October, you could have the two of the three victories that you needed to make a playoff run. Hell, you may not. There, there's a, there's a outside shot. You wouldn't even have to win that Georgia game. You would just, if you lost it, and Georgia lost. Let's say they lost to Auburn, and you know, if they could sneak into an SEC championship, there's a way they can backdoor it with one loss. So, I think it all. Or start- another way. Maybe Georgia goes undefeated, wins the SEC. Kentucky goes eleven and one. You're telling me you're going to keep eleven and one Kentucky out with their only loss to the number one team in the nation? You know, so keep in mind this is just to make the college football playoff. We could see two SEC teams make it. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the key. You're going to have to beat Florida. You're going to have. I mean, you're going to have to beat everybody. But you got to beat Florida and you got to beat Auburn and you got to beat you got to beat Auburn pretty bad. I, I think if you know if you if you barely beat Florida, that's fine. But I think beating Auburn bad is going to move you up the rankings quicker. So, like I said, Stoops, the 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 beautiful thing of Kentucky is it's a daggone machine and it's always running. It, you know, there's they may have a few pieces fall off on the way. To, to point A to point B, but they always find those pieces to patch in and make this team work. So I, I don't think this year is going to be indifferent. In fact, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Kentucky this year. All right, Shane, next team on the list. And again, this official odds from Bet Online. But Tennessee listed at 14 to 1 mm. to make the college football playoff. Huge jump, I would imagine, from last year. Thoughts on that, Shane? Tennessee, 14-1 to to make the playoff when you consider they got to play at Oklahoma, Florida at home, Alabama at home, at Georgia, in addition to the, the rest of the SEC gauntlet. How are you feeling about uh, your Vols making it at 14-1? to mm, I may just put the mortgage on that one, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Every year's our year, baby. I, I think uh, I think what you got to have, Mike. You got to have your quarterback settled. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know the, the the bouncing around worked last year at times, but we can't have that. If if Garantano's the guy, then I hope to God he comes out just slinging the rock, not afraid to do it, and and, and becomes the quarterback we we were promised three years ago. You know, mm-hmm. if not, move on. Let's we've got other talent on that roster. If he's not the quarterback, let's find our quarterback. Let's build around it. I think Eric Gray takes a step forward this year. I think the defense. A lot of people are worried about it, but I don't think they take as big a step back as people think. You know, some of the key pieces that we have are coming back. So, um, you know, I, I like this roster. I like this coaching staff. And if we are going to make a run, I again, similar to South Carolina, I think it comes down to quarterback play. Don't have a quarterback that's going to lose your games. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously the, the big thing there with Tennessee is the quarterbacks that you went on there at length. So I'm not going to hit on that. But so much momentum on the defensive side of the ball, so much momentum with the addition of, of Cade Mays, the return of Trey Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team, the strength of the entire team could be that offensive line, could be that defense, and that kind of mitigates if you have issues at quarterback. Of course, if you're making the college football playoff, you can't really have issues at quarterback. So mm-hmm. you, you take that next step, but they've got all the other pieces around that to succeed. So, yeah, 14-1. That may be kind of a the sleeper pick uh, teams need to vote on. <laughs> I mean, well, you got to get past Florida too, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, we, th- there's a joke uh, of the streak, you know, a, a joke I hate. And it's I don't know. It's almost like you're scared to play that team. But this team has had opportunities in the past, but they've gotten outcoached or outplayed. And I, they just cannot do that. Because when you stumble out of the gates with Florida, it just feels like it, it just tears your season apart. But if they can win that game, you know, have some momentum. They got Alabama at home. They got Kentucky at home. They're at the end there with Georgia now, you know, so that game's got pushed off a little bit. That's going to be interesting, a late November game. So by that point, though, similar to Kentucky, you may you, you may be a one-loss team that could have a chance of getting into the playoffs. But if you're playing Georgia late November with zero losses, I mean, even if you lose that game, you're still going to be a top-ten team. Absolutely. So next on the list, Shane, now we're starting to get to the real heavy-duty contenders here to make the college football playoff, Auburn. Get ready, Tumor's Corner. Auburn's coming to roll you. Final score, Auburn 48, Alabama 45. Listed as five to one to make the college football playoff. I think that one, we've kind of hit on it at length. Bo Nix, he's got to take that next step. Chad Morris has got to find his rhythm as the offensive play caller there for Gus Malzahn. Gus has got to keep his hands out of that if he can. (laughs) They've got to get that offensive line gelling by the time they get into the heart of SEC play. What are your thoughts on Auburn being five to one? And I know they're, you know, missing some pieces there from that great defense, but hell, they're bringing back uh, some t- some terrific talent as well. Linebackers were a question mark last year. Now they're going to be a strength. Auburn listed at five to one to make the college football playoff. What are your thoughts on that? You know, Auburn has got an extremely tough schedule, and um, I mean they 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 just got to play 
flawless ball, man, until they get in the late in the season when the game's really, really co- – I mean, it's hard to say that when you got Georgia and Texas A&M back-to-back in October and then it, it's, it slows down a little bit, but then you got LSU and Bama there at the very end. So I think what we got to have here, Mike, is we've got to have some production with that offense. Um, there was times last year the defense kept these guys in, in just about every game. But the offense was not able to get that separation they needed to win the ball game, and I I I think Morse Morse has got to be the answer if we're talking about going to the playoffs. Morse has to be the answer. He has to find some offense. Uh, this it's got to free up Gus so that he can focus on the entire team, not just one side. You know, I, I think that's going to help him out a little bit uh, if he can mitigate a little bit better. Um, but. It's just, again, it's got to be execution. It, it, it can't be mistakes. It cannot be three and outs, you know. They, they can't afford it because they don't have the safety net like they did last year with that defense. So uh, the offense has got to be humming, man. they got to put some points on the board. If they do that, if they're able to score 30 points a game, then they can win every game on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just going to be the huge question mark and. It just seems to be the way it goes on the planes. Either Gus has got it going or, my God, they're ready to run his ass out. <laughs> All right, Texas A&M next on the list, Shane. Gigamagus. Four to one to make the college football playoff. Everyone's circling this year three of the Jimbo Fisher era as the year that the Aggies finally make some noise. And, my God, you cannot have asked for an easier non-conference schedule. Abilene Christian. North Texas, Colorado, Fresno State, all at home. And keep in mind, Colorado, new head coach because Mel Tucker, you know, jumped ship in the middle of the night there. Uh, they, mm-hmm. Arkansas's a neutral site, as you mentioned. I mean, the road games in the SEC at Mississippi State, at Auburn, at South Carolina, at Alabama. No gimmies there, but you still got to feel like with the talent they got there at Texas A&M they should be a contender for all of those games I think there's an outstanding chance Texas A&M 10 and 0 heading into that final two game stretch and if, if you got them at uh, four to one to make the college football playoff 10 and 0 heading into that last two I think you got to feel great about the Aggies making it to the college football playoff yeah this this is it man I mean if you're if you're going to make the playoffs the excuses are they're over they're done you know what i'm saying uh, this mm-hmm. is kill him on he doesn't have another year this is it you know he's got to come out he's got to produce you know you've got a, a, a spiller did fantastic toward the end of the season last year he's got to keep moving uh, that momentum of this young talent the tight end what's his name i keep forgetting his name but Weidemeyer. Absolute freaking stud takes that step forward. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's what every little weapon that they had last year has got to get better this year. If we have the improvement in the off season, which is hard because we didn't have spring ball, but if we have that, that momentum, this, that young talent that was on that roster last year, get better then I think A&M can beat anybody on the roster. And then it comes down to coaching and fundamentals. And and that's something that, you know, we, we try to hang the hat on Jimbo saying that he's a, a fantastic coach. But the excuses have got to stop this year, Mike. This has got to be the season that they take the step forward. If they do what they can do, they can make a playoff. They can compete in a national championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this has got to be the year. And not that I think Texas is going to be very good, but 
Wouldn't it be something, Shane, if they met Texas in the national championship? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I like the way you think. Next on the list here, Shane. Florida, three and a half to one. Mm. And we know what, you know, this is a team coming off 11 win season. Finally got uh, depth across the board here, bringing back the quarterback that you and I think is the best returning mm-hmm. quarterback in the SEC, bringing back the defensive coordinator, uh, Dan Mullen, of course, third year uh, running the offense here. But talk about, uh, you know, an easy schedule here for the Gators. I mean, I, I'm not seeing many difficult games here. At Tennessee is going to be tough. LSU at home, Georgia and Jacksonville. I mean, those are basically – the only toss-up, well, Kentucky week two at home as well. Those are the four toughest games they got. Yeah, this this is it, man. Similar to Texas A and M, it's like the the path cannot get any easier for Dan. You've got a quarterback that's coming back that was playing fantastic. You know, there's not a team in the SEC that can say with the confidence that that he'll have. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, he's got the best, and I, I think the offense has got to keep that momentum up. They got to get better than they were last year. Not that they were bad, but you know, that defense, that defense helped them out. They, that defense helped that offense at times. And uh, that when it did get stagnant. And I think if you can have an offense similar to LSU, that just not afraid to put some points up, then you can lean on that, uh, on that Florida defense, which they're going to have some tremendous talent coming back. I just think it's, it's just the perfect ingredients for a national championship run. And could you imagine the swamp hanging the banner? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, that, I don't know if I can handle that right now, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm just getting rid of all these bammers and, you know, and, and now we're going to see all these gator tags, you know, it just feels like that's the type of season that we can have just where everybody starts bandwagon again. But now on the flip side, cause I feel like we've been touting Florida so much. I don't want the Georgia people to think we're, totally disrespecting Kirby's program because if Georgia doesn't get it done this year and the Bulldogs, you know, they're, they're forced to bring in a transfer just to have a solid quarterback play. Mm-hmm. They've got a new system at a, on at the offensive coordinator. If Georgia wins the East again, and keep in mind, they got a commitment from a five-star quarterback coming in. Hell, when doesn't Georgia have a five-star quarterback mm-hmm. coming in? But uh, that's neither here nor there. If Georgia does it again, and they get they just have that momentum going. I mean, my God, you got to think uh, that's going to make Florida fans sick. That uh, if they can't get it done next year, I don't know if it's going to get done. Yeah, I'm not trying. And again, I'm not trying to discredit Georgia because I think Florida again is one of those teams that can lose a game. So I let's let's mark that one off. Let's say that's a neutral game. Then you've got the LSU. LSU going to the swamp. You know, I I don't I like the Gators. I like the Gators there. I just think that they, they take that one right now. You know, it's, it's still March 25th and we're quarantined and, you know, I'm running out of beer. So who knows? I may be wrong. You know what I'm saying? But at this moment, I just think the schedule is absolutely perfect. And even if they lost the one 50, 50 game, they still have an opportunity to make the playoffs, you know? So uh, this is, this is going to be an interesting run, but I think, there's a lot of people, a lot of buzz down there in Gainesville thinking that this is going to be the year for them. So uh, is it? Is this the year they jump Georgia? I don't know, you know, but they sure, they certainly have the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, 
Top three. We're in the final three here, Shane. LSU. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers. Two to one to make the college football playoff for the second consecutive year in a row. And I know a lot of people outside of Baton Rouge ready to bury the Tigers. They're already throwing the dirt on the would-be dynasty down there that Coach <laughs> O has built. But how many damn times? It seems like every doesn't matter what Coach O does, people are going to doubt him. I mm-hmm. mean, they were ready to run him off, you know, when he lost to Troy. They were thinking two years ago, 10-win season, that was a fluke. He beat UCF in a bowl game. My God, how exciting is that? <laughs> but then they come around, best season maybe of all time. Uh, it's going to take a hell of a lot to get back there with games against Texas early in the season, looking for some revenge at Florida. Of course, Alabama comes to Tiger Stadium. And then they. this is tough, tough way to finish the season at Auburn, at Texas A&M. So it's going to take a lot, but the Tigers are loaded. Thoughts on LSU being 2-1 to one to make the college football playoff. Can they get back there, Shane? Yeah, I, I think they can. Just like I, I've been, I don't know, I've been preaching to the choir here, is talking about Miles Brennan. If Brennan is legit, if Brennan, you know, takes this LSU, LSU offense and doesn't miss a beat, you know, it looks the exact same as it did last year. Yeah, I think they could beat anybody. You know, that LSU offense was was very tough. Uh, the running back situation, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a committee next season, but who knows? Uh, is it is this the year that John Emery steps up? I think if you're going to make a playoff run, you're going to have to have some sort of stud in the backfield that can multitask, that can do different things like the Clydesdale. And and they've got still, they they got the greatest receiver, I think, when we get done with this season, Mike, there's a chance you may look back and say, Jamar Chase is the best receiver to ever play college football. You know, so when you have those type of weapons, yeah, absolutely you can make a run. And I think LSU still has enough talent on the line. I still think they have enough talent on defense. I think the defense takes a step forward. There's a reason Coach O's been wanting to move this defense to to a 4-3. He has something. And, you know, he's not a dummy. You know, he loves defense. So I think he's he's a little excited about what he's got to offer on the defensive side of the ball. So I think when it's all said and done, LSU can beat anybody. And speaking of Jamar Chase, you know, I, I don't think we've discussed this yet, but can you imagine the damn practice battles he and Derek Stingley have I mean, all summer long, all fall? I mean, they're not going to face tougher competition than they see in the, on the practice field every day, and it's just going to make each of them better. Absolutely. The next to last, Georgia. Look, how about them fucking dogs? <laughs> One and a half to make the college football playoff. Of course, no surprise they're so high on the list with all they got coming back on their roster. Yes, they've got the issues, but, I mean, they're knocking on the door of the college football playoff annually now under Kirby Smart. I think the biggest roadblocks, obviously, week three at Alabama, Florida game in Jacksonville is going to be tough. How do they respond to have facing Tennessee now in November? How does that change that game, if at all? And, of mm-hmm. course, Auburn moving up to October. How does that change that game at all? Thoughts on Auburn – excuse me, Georgia being one and a half, one and a half to one to make the college football playoff. Oh, man. You talk about having all the ingredients. I think Georgia has it. What they need, though, is Newman. They mm-hmm. need Newman to be legit and and be that, that 
I don't know, be that X factor that they just didn't have last season with Fromm. You know, does the coordinator, how much does he change this offense? You know, I I think they've got, I still think they have a great offensive line. I still think they have some of the best running backs in the game. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. You know, I'd love these receivers. They were young, you know, Pickens, you know, he, he, he showed little flashes of being a, uh, a real uh, a real workhorse out there. So if they take that step forward with I think it boils down to offense because the defense I've I'm, I've been on record saying this may be one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time. So I have no I have no worries on that side of the ball. They're going to be in every ball game that they play. Offense though, if they can't score points, then they won't win games. And that's what I need to see. I want to see this offensive coordinator take the reins Show us that, you know, put you remember how like Nick Saban, one thing that what I like about Saban, he doesn't beat around the bush. He wants to get his best players in space, get his best players the ball. That's what it boils down to. And it felt like at times last year, Georgia didn't do that. You know, they were too much trying to make the system work instead of getting the ball to your playmakers. So that's what I need to see from Georgia. And if they do that, Absolutely, man. They could beat anybody. They'll be playing for a national championship. If Newman's legit, they'll be playing for a national championship. Yeah, and I honestly don't even think he's got to be this Heisman contender that some are hyping him up to be. I just think he's got to be, if he's a solid player, like you said, if he adds an extra dimension that Jake mm-hmm. Fromm, as good as he was, wasn't able to give them, there's so much talent. I know they're, they've it's going to be a totally rebuilt offensive line, but hell, they've got some damn monsters still in that room. They've got Absolutely. some elite receivers, elite uh, running backs. They, hell, they just signed a five-star tight end. So, I mean, he is going to be circled with talent. He's mm-hmm. just got to maximize the players around him. And if he does that, George is going to be just fine. Absolutely. All right, last team here, Shane, Alabama. Time. Biggest favorite in the SEC <laughs> to make the college football playoff. No surprise there. It's just a damn surprise when Alabama doesn't make the college football playoff. They are actually listed at minus 125, which means <laughs> you have to bet $125, and if you get it right, they hand you back 100 So <laughs> it's not even worth your bet, but that's where they're currently listed at. Uh, Alabama. The favorite in the SEC to make the college football playoff. Yes, they open against USC, but uh, this is not the uh, Matt Leiner, Pete Carroll days. This is a different era here. They do have Mm -hmm. to go to LSU. They get that Georgia game week three. They have to go to Tennessee as well. Texas A&M comes to Bryant-Denny, as does Auburn. Uh, Should Alabama, do you think, be the favorite to go to the college football playoff, or is this – Maybe just the betting public. We're just so used to Alabama being in the conversation. Uh, you think maybe that's why they're the betting favorite. What do you think? Yeah, you know how I was telling you, Jamar Chase is the best receiver. Yeah, I, I, I think he is. Mm-hmm. But I think Alabama has the best receivers, period. And that's what makes this this Alabama team just so scary. And Alabama can have a quarterback controversy and still win a national championship. I'm, I'm – I just think the weapons are there. Uh, I, I think they're, you know, one of the big pieces a lot of people aren't talking about is Trey Sanders. I think him being back's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think Alabama's offense is going to be humming. It's the defense. You know, when you know they had they struggled at times. You know, LSU, Auburn. There was some some boneheaded plays that some of these kids made last year, but 
they're older, they're wiser. I, I think Alabama is going to be a little stronger on defense this season, and that's just going to make them more dangerous because he's, this offense will be humming. Absolutely, Shane. So there you have it. Prove your wife wrong. We we talked damn SEC football for an hour there, Shane. That's all I've got because there's just not a whole lot else going on. Um, you got anything else before we hop off here? Yeah, but just it kind of gets your mind off things for a little bit. And if you listen to the pod, that's probably why you're doing it because you you know you've got a lot of stuff going on at home. We get that, and uh, you know college footballs are outlet and. I appreciate everybody that's, that that is hanging out with us, that took the time to give us ratings review. Um, I will say, Mike, we're at 595. I mean, that's a huge step. Uh, it seems like yesterday we had five. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I appreciate everybody taking the time to give us the ratings review. I would like to get five more to get over that 600 spot. That would be really nice. Uh, and the man doing it for us, or, or woman, don't know here, but comes from Vandy number eight. Says first time listening, loved it. Five star, great insight to all the SEC teams. Happily subscribed. Well, Vandy number eight, I appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate that. We appreciate all the reviews. And like Shane said, uh, you know, if you give us that five star written review, we're more than happy to send you a beer koozie free of charge. Uh, we'll be sending that personally. We don't put you on any kind of weird lists or anything. There's no third-party company doing it. I'm doing it personally, and I'll sanitize those suckers with some Lysol. There there's ain't going to be no Coronas on those. So, yeah, reach out to us <laughs> with your information, and uh, happy to send you out a free That SEC Beer Koozie just for doing that. That's our way of saying thanks for each and Every one of you written reviews, we really do appreciate that. But that's going to do it for this one, Shane. Uh, thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll be back next week with some more SEC, hopefully some news. If not, we'll be just be making making up show topics here like we did this week. All right, Mike. Well, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate all the effort you put into this show and uh, appreciate the fans. And, and uh, that's it. That's all we got this week. And I will see you all next week. Go Vols. brother you need hey, anything for me hey you cut out there can you can you say whatever you said there again yeah absolutely
All right, guys. <laughs> I don't remember what I said. All right. All right, Mike. Well, it's a pleasure hanging out. What the fuck? I never say pleasure hanging out with you. Jeez, Louise, we're cousins, man. <laughs> All right, ready? Yes, sir. All right.